0: The Angels can't figure out the A's. The Angels can't figure out the luxury tax. The Angels can't figure out anything. What happened to this team? Let's talk about it. It's time to get Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making locked on angels your first listen of the day we are free and available wherever you get your podcast including apple Podcasts, spotify and sirius xm by searching locked on angels and the best way to help us out is by giving us a rate and a review and those watching on youtube make sure that you're subscribed and click that bell to be notified every time a new episode drops hey everybody i'm mike frisch one half of locked on angels normally my brother john is here with me but They've had a power outage in his city, and so he is sitting in the dark and ready to join us on tomorrow's show. And so you get me today, and I'm so glad that you're here with us, whether you're watching or whether you're listening. Thanks for being a Locked On Everydayer. This is our second season with Locked On Angels, and we're excited to be here, but we're not really excited about this team, man. They have been really, really frustrating to watch. And so on today's show, we're going to recap the terrible, awful, no good, very bad weekend against the A's. But first, let's talk about the waiver wire. And let's talk about that luxury tax mess that the Angels are in. So let me take you back to Friday for a moment. Jeff Fletcher tweeted this out. He said, turns out the Angels are still barely over the luxury tax threshold uh, by less than $1.7 and that was what they are paying Randall Grichuk, who went unclaimed on waivers Uh, obviously it's a small amount but it does mean that the angels would pay 30 percent instead of 20 percent if they go over the luxury tax in 2014 now Perry Manassian said on Friday that he doesn't think that exceeding the luxury tax in 2023 would have any impact in 2024 on what he is allowed to spend in fact he even said we'll get to that point and when we do we're going to start building the 2024 roster, but from conversations I've had, there's there's not going to be any impact. But when we get there, we'll have more conversations. This also impacts draft compensation if Shohei Ohtani leaves. Ohtani, if he goes, the Angels get a compensatory pick. And that pick, because they are over the luxury tax technically, would actually move from after the second round to after the fourth round so all of this is what angel fans knew about you knew this i knew this and then we got this tweet from jeff fletcher on sunday and it was news about max stassi stassi's been out all year and there's been a hip issue and some physical issues but then there's been this bigger issue with family and a family emergency medical emergency but no other details have been shared and stassi deserves his privacy and we're, we're praying for him and we want him to get back he's a he's a great ball player but they actually put him on the restricted list and he's gonna be out for the rest of the year. But the restricted list actually allows the angels to not pay him in the month of September. So that's gonna save the angels about $1 million in terms of actual cash, but it's closer to $300,000 off the luxury tax number. And according to Sam Blum, this does move the angels below the luxury tax. So all the stuff that we talked about on Friday is completely mute. And now we're talking about being back under the luxury tax and everything goes back to where it was, where the angels hoped that it would be when they let all of these guys go on the waiver wire. Now, then Jeff Fletcher tweeted out later after some deep research, he did a deep dive. He said, I'm not sure the angels are under the luxury tax. And so isn't that just so classic angels? Like we are sure, we're not sure, like what's going on? Quite honestly, we're not gonna know until the end of the year. And that's when we'll be able to tell what the angels will be able to do in 2024 and if they're gonna be penalized, if they go over the luxury tax or not. But this is just the epitome of the angel season, isn't it? Like this has been what it's been all season long. And there was times where we had a whole lot of hope that this team would do well, and they're going to be successful, and all of that, right? We saw them win some games, and then they would have heartbreaking games where they would let us down, and we'd get really frustrated. They scored 25 runs against the Rockies, but they end up losing the series two out of three, right? Like, we've had these glimpses of this dumpster fire that the Angels are, but man, has it been a dumpster fire in the last... Month, but really the last week. In fact, I think it was Sam Blum that said what a decade this last week has been for the angels And now we don't even know if they're over the luxury tax or if they're under the luxury tax And it puts them in a really strange position again. We're gonna have to wait until the end of the year and my question really is I wonder if it matters because the Angels didn't seem like they were too willing to go over the luxury tax until the trade deadline to try to keep Otani and to try to go all in and to try to make it to the playoffs. It seems like they came right underneath that luxury tax. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them do that again. I know Perry is hopeful that they won't have any restrictions, but I mean, come on, it's Artie Moreno, right? And and Artie has made a very clear directive over the last few years that they're not going to touch the luxury tax. And then there was this big to-do when they went over the luxury tax after making all the trades, like we're supposed to be impressed by that, right? <laughs> like, I mean, quite honestly, it's, it's kind of silly. So we're in this position of unknown as Angel fans. Like we're not sure what they're going to do. I don't even know if they're sure what they're going to do. Now they may have numbers that we don't have. And so they might be, very aware of what they're going to do but this is just the epitome of the season it's been super frustrating it's been super frustrating to watch this team all season long with glimpses of hope but really all of that hope was washed away when they fell off a cliff after the trade deadline after they got all of these guys after they went over the luxury tax and then things haven't changed in september and we'll get to the games in segment two but man it's just been really hard to be an Angel fan. And, and quite honestly, I've been a fan since the late 80s. I was, I was 8, 9, 10 years old in the late 80s. I started to really pay attention to the Angels in the 90s. This has, I think, been one of the hardest seasons to root for this team. This has been one of those seasons where I haven't even wanted to watch the games. I, I watched them this weekend, by the way, so you didn't have to. But I didn't want to watch the games because they just, they aren't fun. This isn't fun. And then I think the other piece that's really, really frustrating is, is watching the Angels broadcasters act like things are good. A- acknowledge like, like things are, are, are going okay. Or, or just, you know, hey, let's look at the positives here. When in reality, it's why I appreciate Wayne Randazzo, he's actually been very honest about the status of this Angel team. They haven't been fun to watch. And it doesn't look like they're having any fun. It doesn't look like they're enjoying themselves. And I don't think it's probably really fun in that front office either. If I'm Perry Manassian, I'm worried about my job. Now, personally, both John and I feel like Perry Manassian deserves one more year, and he's got one more year on his contract. But I just don't know if he's going to last in the offseason. I hope that he lasts. A part of me hopes that he lasts because I think that he's drafted well, and he seems to be able to find some good pieces for this team. The other part of me hopes that he lasts because... I would hate to have to redo this entire organization again. Went from DePoto to Epler to Manassian. We know that they're going to have to find a new manager. And we'll talk about Phil Nevin in our third segment. But this is just a mess, isn't it? Like, this is just hard. It makes us want football season to be here. So thank goodness college football is here and that the NFL starts next weekend, right? But if you're not a football fan and you're just a baseball fan, this team can make it really, really frustrating to cheer for to to root for to call yourself a fan in fact a lot of locked on everydayers have sent us messages and have commented on our youtube channel that they don't even want to go to the games and i totally get that because it just seems like the incompetency of this organization isn't just on the field but it's also in the front office it runs deep and all of us know that the problem with being an angel fan and and actually having the privilege of hosting this show is is not coming on here and just complaining every single day. And I know that you don't want to complain every single day. And I, and I know that you don't want to hear constant negative. I get that it'd be important to find some positives and we'll look for those. But man, it's just the reality is hit and it's hit again and it's hit again. And, and I think just recently it feels like a giant weight on my fandom heart. I don't know about you, but it's just been really, really frustrating and so that's the status right now. We, we think we're under the luxury tax, maybe, but not quite sure. And so we'll have to wait till the end of the year to find out. The one thing that we do know is Max Stassi is out. And so again, prayers to him and prayers for his family and whatever they're dealing with. And hopefully he heals up and hope, hopefully his family heals up as well. The Angels are going to play ball on Monday. They're playing at 638 at home. They're playing the Orioles. So that ought to be interesting. You can catch every pitch of the Angels hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on, S- on the SXM app. All you got to do is search Angels. And coming up on Locked on Angels, friends, we're going to recap the weekend series, the sweep that the A's brought to the Angels at home. And we'll talk about that coming up. Lockdown Angels is brought to you by Nutrafol. Guys, did you know that 80% of men will experience hair thinning in their lifetime? And it's normal, but it doesn't have to be your normal. You can get ahead of thinning with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement. It's clinically proven to grow your hair and show visible thickness and a visible scalp coverage. Nutrifol's hair growth supplements use physician formulated natural science backed ingredients. Their drug free patented technology provides consistent, reliable re- results without compromising your sexual health. Nutrifol will help identify causes with your thinning hair and give you a personalized plan for better hair health through whole body wellness. And for a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping. When you go to Nutrafol.com slash men, and you enter our pro our promo code locked on MLB, you can find out why 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. That's Nutrafol.com slash men that's spelled N-U-T-R-A-F Ol.com slash men, and you can enter our promo code locked on MLB. Hey, I appreciate you making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. Just a reminder, uh, Johnny is not with us today. He had a power outage at his house, so he'll be with us tomorrow. We hope. We do live in California, so we're not sure about the power. It's kind of ridiculous out here. Locked On Everydayers, we're here to watch the games so that you don't have to. And so we're going to be watching this series against the Orioles. Although I would encourage you to maybe check out this series against the Orioles. The Angels do play them tonight at 638. Uh, they have great players, man. Their, their catcher, Adley Rutschman, is, is is fantastic. And, and they've just got a really strong team, great pitching staff. And so it might be just fun to, to root for them this weekend as we watch our Angels play them. And you can catch every pitch of the Angels' home-down broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. All you have to do is search Angels. So before Friday's game, the Angels made some roster moves. The biggest move that they made was that they called up infielder Kyron Paris from Rocket City. And we were super excited about that. I think that Kyron is actually somebody that could be a major player for the Angels as early as next year. And so I think this month of September could be a great month to pay attention to what he is able to do. They actually started him at shortstop on Friday night. And so here's what I want to do. I'm going to walk you through the details of each of those three games quickly. And then in segment three, I want to talk about like what we do now and, and how we respond to how the Angels played this weekend, specifically uh, what I noticed from Phil Nevin. So Friday was a, a really tough game. Angels lost 9-2. to uh, Sandoval was on the mound, and you knew that he was just going to struggle because he had 51 pitches through the first two innings. Uh, he gave up his first runs in the fourth inning, and, and quite honestly, Sandy just looks like a very mid-pitcher. He looks very basic. In fact, I would even say that he's really regressed. And it's something I noticed with him on Friday night that I didn't notice him doing last year was that he he's constantly fidgeting. Have you noticed that? Just constantly fidgeting. He's lifting his hands up over his head, he's fixing his collar, he's fixing his jersey, he's trying to adjust some things. And then he's having moments where he's throwing and then he's like holding the pose almost like a fountain. <laughs> And, and then he's coming back and walking to the back of the mound when he grabs the ball. And he, he just doesn't look like himself. He he looks like he's totally disengaged. He's he's totally disinterested. And, and I don't know what's going on in his heart and in his mind. But, man, he just doesn't look like the guy that we saw last year, especially at the end of last year. And he's kind of been this guy all season long, right? Three and two-thirds, five runs against the A's, against the Oakland A's. And then I mean, made Berea. Jaime Berea comes in and and Jaime is either really, really good or he's really, really bad. And he's been really bad lately. He gave up four runs in this game and just looked awful. Like he, he's not missing any bats. And then Logan Ohapi had a home run. That's a highlight in this game. And Kyron Paris had his first major league at-bat, got hit. What is it with our young guys getting hit? Like, Zach Neto is like a magnet for the ball. And then uh, Nolan Shawnawell has been hit a few times. P- Paris was hit. He went 0-2 for 2 with a walk in this game, but had some really strong at-bats. The, the interesting thing is, is that the A's probably are going to have to really work hard to get to 50 wins this season, but the Angels helped them out on Friday as they lost 9-2. to Let's move to Saturday. The Angels lost 2-1. to This was a bit more competitive, and that's because Griffin Canning was on the mound. Canning really pitched well in this game. He went six innings, gave up two earned runs, four hits. He didn't walk anybody, which is huge, and he struck out seven, only threw 89 pitches. His only mistake was a two-run home run to Rooker, who was a fantastic rookie for the A's. Who would have thought a two-run home run would do him in? Who would have thought that that would have been the, the nail in the coffin for the Halos? They didn't have much offense. Ranjifo was the offense. He got a sack fly in the first. It scored Sean Owell, And then uh, Kyron Paris came up in the fifth inning, got his first major league hit. He went one for two with a walk and a stolen base. That was it. Two to one. It was, it was kind of a, a pretty pathetic game. The Angels offense couldn't do anything against Blackburn and the A's. So let's move to Sunday's game. And, and Sunday, the Angels actually had a lead in this one. In fact, Tyler Anderson hadn't allowed a hit through five innings. He looked fantastic. He looked like the guy that we hoped that he would be. He looked like the Dodgers' Tyler Anderson. And then he gave up three runs in the sixth inning. And then the Angels gave up a total of four runs after that and and six runs in the seventh inning. And there was a lot of errors behind them, a lot of misplays, a lot of, like, a lack of focus. And and Phil Nevin talks often about the Angels and their lack of focus. Man, man. It, it just showed itself, reared its ugly head this weekend. There were some meaningless home runs from Renhifo and Escobar, but quite honestly, like the Angels just looked pathetic this weekend. They just looked terrible this weekend. I I don't know if they know how bad they looked. We'll talk about that in segment three. But the Angels just did not look like the team that they were at the beginning of the year. They just looked completely lost. They looked completely disinterested. They looked pathetic and and it was hard to watch. Locked On Angels is brought to you by Sleeper. On Sleeper, you can swing for the fences with up to 100 times on your payout. This fantasy app is fantastic, and you have a chance to win some money. Very simple to use. All you need to do is choose two or more players that you like and decide if they're going to overperform or underperform on their stat category. So home runs and strikeouts and hits and innings pitched, all included. And it's as simple as you clicking what you think they're going to do, and then you can win some money, which everybody loves winning money, right? If you get your picks right, you could win big. And Sleeper works really quickly as well. You can make your entries in 30 seconds or less. And there are saft, uh, I do that every single time. John's gonna laugh at me. There are safe and fast withdrawals on payouts. You can download the Sleeper app today. And when you do, use our promo code when you sign up and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. So you should check out Sleeper today. Really appreciate you making locked on angels your first listen of the day let's talk about the angels as a team right now they get swept by the a's this last weekend the a's they have 42 wins five of those wins have come against our halos this this just blows my mind that this is a team that everybody else has taken full advantage of but the angels just seemed to not be able to get past them. And I remember at the beginning of the year, they, they won two out of three to start, but it was like they should have taken all three. And every series they've played, they've won two out of three until this weekend. And then they got swept. In fact, I think there's a world, and you might think I'm ridiculous. You might think I'm crazy. I think there's a world where the A's are better than the Halos next season. And the reason why I think that is because I think the A's are letting the kids play. And these guys are getting experience. Brent Rooker looks like a fantastic hitter and their pitching staff's going to figure it out. The A's seem to always be able to figure that out. And so I could see the A's being really competitive next year. Maybe a 500 team. I mean, it might be stretching it, but maybe a 500 team. And and the thing that is really kind of ridiculous, maybe kind of pathetic is that the Angels we're not even sure what they're going to be next year. I mean, they right now they they're struggling to even get to 500. If if they want to finish at least at 500 this year, they got to go 17 and 8. Like they're going to have to have this incredible remarkable run to finish the season. And they've shown us that they haven't been able to do that. When I watched this weekend series, here here's some observations. This team feels very underprepared. Don't they? Don't they feel underprepared? Like like there's something missing. The fact that they couldn't actually get enough offense to win the game on Saturday is is just it's pathetic, and and then the fact that their pitchers just threw a lot of cookies over the over the plate this weekend it, it's pathetic. They they seem very underprepared. They seem very disengaged. I don't know if you've noticed that or not, but they seem very disengaged. Like they just don't want to be there. And quite honestly, would you? I don't know if I would want to be. It feels like they're just checking in to, to finish the season, right? I was watching the, the friends on uh, foul territory and A.J. Pruszynski was on the show and, and, and was talking about teams that are losing right now and specifically talking about the Angels. And he said, it sucks to lose. It, it's terrible when we lose. And, and for players, it, it, it sucks to show up. It's not fun. And you can see that on the Angels, right? You can see that on their on their players. It doesn't look like they're enjoying themselves at all. It actually feels like they're saying, "Let's just get this over with. Let's just check in. Let's get our paycheck. Let's go hit some balls. Let's 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 play a game and 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 see what happens, right?" And quite honestly, I feel like that's all on Phil Nevin. I know the players need to play. I get it. I don't give them a pass at all. They need to play. I know injuries have played a part in this. I'm super frustrated with Mike Trout not being in there. Like I love Trout. You know I love Trout. Like I'm a Trout Homer. But the fact the guy's not in there and he keeps getting hurt just is really frustrating. And I know it's not necessarily his fault, friends. I know that. But it's just frustrating to not see him out there playing every single day, every single day in every single game. It's frustrating because you have somebody like Shohei Freaking O'Tani who's out there, who only missed two games this year. Guy's got a torn UCL and homies out there playing every single every single game. It's why if he does leave this team, I'll be incredibly heartbroken he's fun to watch but he's also somebody that's in there every single day he cares even though it seems like the angels don't care and i feel like that's on phil friends i feel like that's on phil nevin i feel like he's lost this team and i don't feel like he's lost this team recently i feel like he's lost this team in and around the trade deadline something happened i don't know what happened i don't know if it was bringing in other guys from from other, other teams, but something happened. Johnny's mentioned that perhaps, and Sam Blum's talked about this, that perhaps it was something that was happening long before that. Maybe Rendon's negativity has just overwhelmed this entire clubhouse. We've heard rumors that he has just been awful and things that he said in front of his locker room, that it was overheard by Sam Blum and others was just awful. We've, we've heard some rumblings that maybe Hunter Renfro isn't that fantastic. Maybe that's why he's been on six teams in five years. I I don't want to point the blame at anybody, but it seems like Phil Nevin has had something that he just hasn't been able to overcome. Feels like he's lost this team. They don't respect him. They're, they're probably kind to him, but they don't respect him. It, it seems like Phil is treating this season as spring training. Like watching him in his interviews, I, I can see that he's a bit frustrated. He's getting shorter and shorter in his answers and high five to Erica Weston and Carlin Bates who have had to do the post-game interviews after losses and tried to pull some things out of Phil (laughs) Phil's had some really short answers he's had some yeah no I don't know we didn't focus like that's literally been his response so shout out to those reporters trying to get some sort of answer from him quite honestly I think that this dude knows that that time is running short for him and it feels like as a as a coach as a manager of this team it feels like he's buddies with these guys he doesn't, he doesn't demand respect. He doesn't, It doesn't feel like he's leading the way. I mentioned this on the pod last week, but I watched Swamp Kings on Netflix. It's the story of the Florida Gators from the early 2000s when Tim Tebow and Urban Meyer were there. I know Urban Meyer is a bit controversial for some people and he's done some really silly things and Jacksonville was just a cluster when it all fell apart. But Urban was somebody that demanded people would rise to the occasion. He even said in the interview, like he wanted to make it so hard that people wanted to quit the team because he wanted people on this team that wanted to be there. And I don't know if Phil demands that. I know he had his—he kind of threw a fit in the dugout not too long ago and said, "Get your bleeping heads out of your your bleeping bleeps," you know. And 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 he's trying to fire them up. But I, I just felt like that was too little, too late. I don't know if any of that has actually happened in the locker room, but if it has, it hasn't worked, right? I mean, it feels like Phil Nevin just has no authority or leadership or influence over this team. I, I, I don't know if he knows how to get this team out of its funk. I mean, they've really fallen apart since the trade deadline and they can't even win in September and they have all of these young guys that they want to bring up. And it just seems like it's not working. Right? He feels doing great. Right. And there's all, all of these meaningless games, but it just seems like Phil has completely lost this team. I would personally be surprised if he's back next season. I actually don't think that that's a great idea. I think that they need to completely clean house with their coaching and with their strategic focus. I know that it's another turnover. And I know that we've been through a lot of turnovers in the last few years, but I don't think that you would disagree with me in saying this team just needs to be completely renewed, renovated, right? They need to reorient their focus on something much more important, something much more exciting. I honestly think they should build this team around Zach Neto. I think they need to build this team around Nolan Shonewell. I think they need to build this team around Kyron Paris. I think the young guys need to take over and take the lead. I know Mike Trout's got this long term deal. I don't think that they're going to be able to trade him. And I don't know if Trout would want to be traded. He did get asked that question. He said, I'm not going to comment on that, but there will be some offseason conversations. But Trout is a, is a good dude. And I can't see Trout demanding, slamming his hand down on the table and saying, trade me or I can't see him doing that. I can see Trout saying, hey, I'll lead these young guys. And I think that he's a good leader for that. I think he's a good model for that. But all likelihood is that Shohei's going to go, right? And I don't blame him. Why would you want to stay here? Nothing about this is exciting. Do I think the Angels have a shot to re-sign him? I do. I do. Maybe I'm delusional, but I do. I do think they have a shot to re-sign him. I I don't know if he comes back. And maybe that's a good thing. Can I say that out loud? Maybe this team needs to be punched in the face so that they know that they have to start over. Because wouldn't it be such an arty move to get Shohei back again so that eyes get turned back to Anaheim? But if you look at Shohei, everything looks pretty. But underneath Shohei, everything is messy. I think this team needs to hit the reset button. Remember the, the the regular Nintendo, the NES, had the reset button when you get mad or you fall off a cliff with Mario. You just, you hit it. Maybe you hit it a couple of times. I think the Angels need to hit the reset button on this team. There's just, there's a lot that's messy about this team. And I know you know. You know I know. I know John knows. I know our everydayers know. This is just, we're, we're saying it out loud, right? Because something has to change with this team. And I think it's got to change with management. I think it's got to change with coaching. I think it's got to change with energy and philosophy. I think it's got to change with players. I want players who want to be here. I want players who are going to run through a wall for me. I want Darren Erstad-like players, and I want David Eckstein-like players. And I think Zach Netto and Nolan and are those types of players. I think Kyron Paris could be that type of player. I, I think you even have a guy like Mickey Moniak that really wants to be here. Man, I would love to see what happens with this team if it's the young guys and they kind of build around them. I, I think I would honestly be okay with another losing season if they're building around these young guys and we can get excited about that. Look what's happening in Detroit. They've got a lot of their young guys. It's like the second round of draft picks that, that they have called up and Spencer Torkelson and those guys are are setting the pace. I think we need to do that in Anaheim. Hey, thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. The Angels play the O's tonight at six thirty-eight. You can catch every pitch of the Angels' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM uh, on the SXM app. Just search Angels. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Angels, and you connect with both John and I on Twitter and Instagram at Super Halo Bros. Coming up tomorrow on Locked On Angels, we're going to talk about Nolan Shaunawell. Uh, there's been a lot of interesting conversations about him. And quite honestly, I don't think that it's fair. And so we're going to talk about that tomorrow on Locked on Angels. Until then, my name is Mike. Johnny hopefully has power and he can join us again for tomorrow's show. Thanks for being here. So great to have you. Thanks for being a Locked on dayer. If you have comments, suggestions, things that you want to know about, please comment below here on YouTube or talk to us on social media. Until tomorrow, my name is Mike. My brother John will be joining us tomorrow as well. Appreciate you guys, and we'll see you very soon.